We started last week on the Jubilee, year of Jubilee, and, and this chapter, Leviticus 25. And it's probably not a sermon or a subject that you may have heard before or ever hear again. But we know the importance of it because it's in the Word of God. And uh, <clears throat> just to reiterate what a little conversation I had up here in our excited front row, little um, Jacob, what is the Jubilee? What does that mean, Jesus is Jubilee? Well, I don't know that I have all the answers, but we know that the word that is translated Jubilee in this chapter, Leviticus chapter 25, is the same word that's translated trumpet in uh, Exodus 19. The trumpet sounded long. And then again in uh, the word in the... Uh, remember the story of Jericho when they were marching around the city. The ram's horn, that's how it's, 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 it's translated there. So we looked at it as a, like a metonymy, a figure of speech that tells us something, right? Now, if we use the example last week, if we have a fellowship dinner, which we will next week, I don't think we're going to ask anybody to bring a dish, but if we did just say bring a dish, you would bring more than a dish, right? You'd bring something on the dish. We know, understand that it's a figure of speech for food. So the trumpet sounded long. What did the trumpet uh, declare. That's what we're trying to look at. In, in this year of Jubilee, it was once every 50 years, right? But it, it, it proclaimed primarily freedom, rest, release. We're going to, we have a, a lot more things to look at that this morning. Um, <clears throat> but it, again, it's probably not a subject that we've heard of often, but the Lord Jesus spoke of it. Now, I just want to make reference to that before we start. It is in the Old Testament, yes, Leviticus chapter 25, the year of Jubilee, a celebration of freedom. However, when the Lord Jesus came here, he, and we'll look at it again, probably uh, refer to it again, Luke chapter 4, he referred to it as himself. Now, how did, he, how did he do that? Well, in Isaiah chapter 61, Jesus, or the Messiah, speaks prophetically. And he talked about the, the, the captive being set free and so forth. But he made this statement, the, ye, the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord. And then when Jesus, the Messiah, came personally, that was prophetically in Isaiah 61. When he came uh, personally in Luke chapter 4, remember that was the first public sermon, at least in Luke, may have been the first public sermon ever that the Lord Jesus spoke. I don't, uh, but anyway, what he said was, the acceptable year of the Lord. He came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, what was that? Well, in all likelihood, it is a reference to the year of Jubilee because of the freedom, the release, the rest that is found in that year, but is, 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 is found personally in him. And so think about that. Prophetically, the acceptable year of the Lord, personally, the acceptable year of the Lord that the Lord Jesus spoke of. And you can find it in the New Testament, though it, it, it's not doesn't say jubilee in the New Testament. The principles are found in the Lord Jesus. And I think we can come to appreciate that because that is the only the reason that we're looking at it. We're not trying to put ourselves back under this uh, Old Testament economy. We're not trying to put ourselves back under the sabbatic principles there and practice Sabbath. No, no, there's not enough of that. The substance is Christ. And that's what we'd like to look at this morning. So just what just for a two minute interview, 
Last week, we looked at uh, the year of Jubilee that's revealed here. We'll be referring to some of these verses. If you have your Bibles open in Leviticus 25, uh, what is it and what does it have to do with me? So we can go on to the next one there. And then there's the, uh, the, the, the surrounding references, Luke chapter 4, Isaiah 61, Leviticus 25, the year of our Lord's favor, the year of Jubilee. And uh, that's what the Lord chose as his text. When, they, when he went into the temple to, or the synagogue to, to preach, they handed him a scroll. It was Isaiah chapter 61. He preached it. That's him. Can you imagine? Here I am, <laughs> he said, essentially. Okay, go on to the next one. There we'll just review here the year of the Lord's favor. We've learned that the Lord Jesus Christ is our jubilee. All of these things that, that, that were uh, spoken up there, the oppressed are, are to go free and so forth, uh, and God has anointed me. He's the jubilee, right, that, that was uh, proclaimed in the Old Testament. Go on to the next one there. Uh, and I think... Uh, yes, that, that, that's the uh, the freedom that we find in Leviticus 25 that applies to all of us. And by the way, just let me say this. When it comes to this subject of, the, of, of freedom in Christ, what really what we have spelled out here is in terms that we can relate to, terms that we can understand. All of us can relate to debt, right? Debt. Right. We get remember, we get on the back of our credit card bills when, if you have a credit card. And do you need help? Debt counseling, debt uh, consolidation and all of these things. But what we have in Christ is none of that. It's debt cancellation. How would you like it if your MasterCard bill came in canceled? Right. We can relate to that. But we found out we're talking far more than a monetary debt. We're talking about the debt that we have to Almighty God. When Christ died, the Bible says he canceled out that writing of decrees that was against us. God's law is perfect and none of us can keep it. And, and we are all indebted to God because we can't keep it. But what did Christ do when he came on earth? He came and as he died, he canceled out that uh, written set of decrees that was against us and took it out of the way and nailed it to his cross. You see, so we're free from a debt now that sent the debt of sin. So it's far more than just a, a mere credit card bill. You know, here in uh, by the way, we're going to find out here in America, we can we can take our credit card bill and we can say, oh, Uncle Sam, I, I, I just can't pay this. Can I file bankruptcy? Oh, yeah, you can do that. Just walk away. We can't do that under in the Old Testament economy. It wasn't so they had to sell their self and put themselves under a servitude. Right. And 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 then they found themselves in this condition, this position. Really, in reality, they were in under a servitude to another. But when either a redeemer came, somebody, a relative that could buy them out or the year of Jubilee, they could be released from that debt. And go back to their old lifestyle. Wonderful picture. See, we can relate to that because it's real down to earth terms. So let's move on in, um, in, in, in what we're, uh, considering here. Uh, you can go on to the next slide there. We're, we're, we just want to establish that, that the Lord Jesus is our Jubilee. Now, one of the principles that's found here in the year of Jubilee, there's a lot of verses, but what we found out is that, uh, you shall, for instance, let me let me read the verse 
in, in verse 8, you shall number seven Sabbaths of years, seven, seven times seven years. The space of the seven Sabbaths shall be forty and nine years. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement. You shall make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. You shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land under the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you. Now, I think that's the same word, jubilee, in every one of the translations, surprisingly. Uh, again, yobal, Hebrew, or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it, but a trumpet, a ram's horn to sound that would signify that everyone would return to their possession, everyone would return to their family. And we found out that uh, in the prior verses that there was this time off. In other words, every seven years, what they normally plowed, what they normally did, would stop. The Lord would provide for them. They had no, they couldn't plow, they couldn't reap, they couldn't gather, in that sense. The Lord would provide for them. And in the year of Jubilee, every 50th year, it was actually two years, right? Now, and that's where we left off last week. What did you do with all that time off? If we were under that economy and if the bottom dropped out, so to speak, for you and you all of a sudden my employer says, take the year off. In fact, take two years off. What would you do? That's where we are right now. What would you do? You say, oh, I know what I do. I'd cruise the world. I'd hunt. I'd fish. I, 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 all of these favorite things that I do that occupy me, I, I would do that. You know, I, I want to tell you, I know it gets old after a time because I, I, I'm nearing that retirement age and I've seen a lot of individuals that have admitted it's not all it's cracked up to be. Some of them, well, it's, it's sad stories how they realize it's just not all what it's cracked up to be. You know why? Because in this lesson here, in this actual fact, the Lord was to be their jubilee. It was a jubilee under the Lord. It was a rest under the Lord. So we find, what did they do? What would you do? What would I do with all this time off? That's where we we uh, we left off last week. We found out that there was provision and rest. Uh, that that it, they would ask, well, what do we eat? I'm not working for anything. I'm not I'm not plowing, not reaping. What are we going to eat? The Bible says that the the, the Lord would provide for them. He would command his blessing. Uh, we read uh, it later in the, in the chapter. And then there was sustenance and obedience. All they had to do was obey the Lord and they would be sustained through this time. Right. And then there was remembrance. Now, we know that from another portion in in in. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 15, that one of the Sabbath activities was to remember that they were once a slave. So this would be called to their mind. There was remembrance that where they were, but where they are now. And then there was companionship and identification. In chapter verse 23, the Lord says, um, you, the land shall not be sold forever. The land is mine. You are strangers and sojourners with me. Imagine that, the, the, the sovereign Lord coming down. Here was the brass tacks of living, right? Just imagine this. We have a daily routine. We have a daily round. If if the almighty transcendent Lord himself came down to go with you as you typed your on your computer, as you put out your fires, as you worked on your air conditioners, as as, as we taught in the classroom, as we worked on the elevators, whatever it is, if the Lord comes down to 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 be our companion, that's what he said to them here. 
that he would be with he would be a stranger and a sojourner with them. Imagine that that that's the, you can't get any more practical than that. The transcendent Lord coming down and dwelling with them. And then there was contemplation in the word of God. Again, we learned that from another passage. That's one of the things. By the way, if life shut down for you as you know it, and you didn't have the daily routine that you once had, I ask you. Sometimes we hear the children say, I'm so bored. I have nothing to do. I don't know what to do with myself. Get tired of all these Popeye cartoons. No, I don't do that anymore. But, you know, you, 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 you right? You, you, you can only take so much of Popeye, right? You know, and, and you, 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 you recognize that there's a lot more to life. And you recognize, you know, we say it sometimes <clears throat> that uh, before we come to Christ, we try all things to fill our lives with, to, to, to uh, find satisfaction, right? And there's this God a shaped vacuum we often hear, right? And we try everything else to fill it with and it doesn't find satisfaction. Remember that old song, I can't get no satisfaction, but I try, I try. That's the, that's the cry of the world. I try every day. I'm, oh, come on, come on. I, I want to get satisfied, but I can't because the Lord Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. So let's let's move on here. What uh, you, probably most of us know this. Uh, hit the next one. This this proclaimed liberty throughout all the land is is on a monument in our country here, right? I've never seen it. Perhaps some of you have the Liberty Bell, but it's there, right? So if you go and visit it, you're looking at this and you're saying, "What what is that?" You know, it, it, the, can you imagine in the United States of America a Bible verse? Well, as I understand it, it's there. It's inscribed. Now, undoubtedly. It had to do with the freedom that was de- desired in the country back in uh, long before us, right? 1776 and onward. But it's there. But it came from this principle here in the word of God. And it's, I want to say it, too. This is not normal and natural. The concepts that we are reading up here of of of, of not amassing lands and fortunes and, 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 and being under debt and so forth. These are things that they, we can't really, uh, grasp as, 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 uh, we, we should because we weren't there. But praise the Lord, we have the, uh, answer in the Lord Jesus. Now, uh, go on to the next one. We're, we want to move on beyond that and, and just, Start through, we'll make a few comments in the limited time and, and see what we can, uh, what we can learn. Now what we have here is a, uh, is an overview of the elements that were involved in the Jubilee. Before I get to that though, uh, I wanted to say in, in, in verse number six, the Sabbath of the land shall be food for you, or the Sabbath products. Here they were. They couldn't go about their normal routine. Uh, the, this was, a, what do you call it? Agrarian society, right? Farmers. Not all of us can relate to that, but that's how they, they, they made their, 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 uh, their, their, their sustenance, their provision, right? But they couldn't do it in this seventh year. And then the Jubilee, there was one more year that they couldn't do it. How would they be fed? Well, the Sabbath products. It doesn't really elaborate on it, but whatever it was, it fed all the humans and all the animals. Now, I want to stop here and say that though they couldn't do the, uh, the sowing and reaping, the Bible doesn't say that they didn't pull weeds and, and things like that, maintain walls and, and whatever that. They probably had, uh, you know, uh, such activity to do, but no reaping, no sowing, no storing up. 
uh, and our instinct, right, is to get the most out of the land. So how, we'd look at that property and say, what? I can't, I can't do what I normally have been doing, uh, so, uh, sowing, planting, and then reaping. No, you couldn't do that. The Sabbath products would be uh, uh, sufficient. And I wonder, if I, as I look at this, I wonder if there isn't just a, a, a picture that God is giving to them that there's coming a day, there is coming a day, the Bible talks about uh, um, uh, our rest, a sat, there remains a rest to the people of God in Hebrews chapter 4. There, 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 there is this coming day when the, the, there will be a, a never-ending Sabbath, a never-ending rest for the people of God. For the, If you know Jesus as your jubilee this morning, there's coming that eternal rest that will... Uh, that will come, and he will, of course, provide for all that. Now, there was nothing to do for the land. The land would lie fallow. I'm not a farmer, but I understand it's a good agricultural tool. Tool. A whole year, can you imagine our farm shut down, right, for a whole year? What would we eat? Would we turn to the Lord for provision? Well, that's what happened here. The land would lie fallow. A good uh, agricultural tool, I'm told, modern agri- agricultural science has shown this is necessary. But other than that, it was a, uh, a, a time for uh, obedience to the Lord. Now, let's look at the, the, the elements involved. First of all, there's repentance. In verse uh, number 10, 9 and 10, we read that the first step in this matter of the year of Jubilee was repentance. How do you get that? Well, it, it began on the Day of Atonement. Most of us have Jewish friends. We've heard of one of the high holidays, Yom Kippur, right? The Day of Atonement. Well, what that involved every year was repentance and mourning for sin. So that's the first step when it comes to Jubilee, right? And we understand that as people in the world, God calls every one of us to repentance. God, the Bible says, he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world by that man whom he hath ordained, and he commands all people everywhere to repent. To repent is to change the mind, to think differently. Repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus, the Bible says. You say, okay, I've done that. I was saved back in such and such a year. That's old for me. No, no. The Bible call talks about repentance for the believer, for you, for me. Revelation 2 and 3, all the churches, repent, 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 repent. Very, very important. Then there was release of the servants in verse number 10 and verse 13. They would return to their possession. There was rest, 11 and 12. There was restoration. We can see the property value was affected by the year of Jubilee. If it was close, it was less worth less. If it was further away, it was worth more. Now, they weren't actually buying the property. We understand that. They were buying the fruits or the produce as it were, from the property. The land belonged to the Lord. We're going to look at that in a minute. They were stewards. They were they were managing what was the Lord's, but they could uh, do that. And then the, uh, restoration of property. And then lastly, not no, next to the last, there was redemption. We're going to look at that, that a buying back. I get myself into, into uh, I, imagine this, I, I'm born into a family. My father has made bad decisions in the past, and I have to wait 50 years, right, uh, I, I'm born at, uh, 10 years into it. And here I am, 40 years old. That's all I've ever known, right? i got to uh, work for somebody else and, and not have my own. And ah, uh, all the while, I'm looking for a, kinsman, a relative redeemer to redeem me out of this position. Ah, uh, 
But when the year of Jubilee comes, I'm redeemed. I'm bought back. I go back to my normal lifestyle. I go back to the inheritance that I had uh, prior. And then the last thing was rejoicing. And I want to, it doesn't, while the word is not mentioned, the principle is very clear throughout this. Because can you imagine if that's all you've known, and then you have this, the the, the trumpet sound, right? And you're released. You're back to where you once were, to, to the inheritance the Lord would give. So repentance to rejoicing, there's joy in Jubilee. <clears throat> Jubilee is also, somebody called it uh, an anomatapita. Uh, no, uh, that's, that's, that's a food. Anomatapia, right? It's a, it means nothing more than the, the, um, the sound it makes, right? Chug, chug, puff, puff, ding, dong, ding, dong, the train goes down the track. Well, here you have the trumpet sound, Right, and and it 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 broadcasted to the people the joy, well, first of all, the repentance, and then lastly, the joy that would come to them, right? Anomatopita, or something like that, right? It's it's sometimes referred to. Verse thirteen through seventeen talks about land valuation in times of hardship, right? This would what happened. Can you, you, if you're familiar with the book of Ruth, you, you you know what? Have you ever thought about this? You'd have to be familiar with the book of Ruth, but it opens up with Mr. Elimelech and Miss Naomi, and they had, they'd left the house of bread, they left Bethlehem, and they went down to Moab. Where did they get the expenses for that, right? To go do all that trip? Well, the implication is they had to sell off what was theirs. Because when Ruth came back with Naomi, somebody had to redeem that property that was sold off. They lost it. So hardship can come. That's what there was a famine that led uh, Elimelech and Naomi, the the the, uh, uh, the ones that lost their sons and so forth. They went down to Moab. They escaped it. They went down to another country. But when they when they died off, remember Elimelech and his two sons died. But when they came back, Naomi with her daughter-in-law Ruth, there was a relative redeemer, a kinsman redeemer. Ah, his name was. Uh, right? I can't think of his name right now. The Boaz, the man of wealth, the mighty man of wealth. He bought him back, right? And, and so forth. Wonderful, wonderful truth. So there was land valuation. What did they do? Uh, we must quickly move on here. And then uh, regarding the uh, land valuation, any wealth that a person would accumulate would remain his own, but the persons in the property would go back. You might ask at this point, is there any record of the nation that to whom this this word was given? Did they ever even ever keep the Jubilee? Well, we didn't read it, but in the next chapter, there's a prediction. What would happen in, 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 in chapter 26? What would happen if the Israelites did not keep it? You know, again, we want to point out that sometimes, a lot of times in our lives, we ignore the word of God. Oh, God is gracious. God is great. God is good. He'll pass over. He's gracious. But I want to tell you that God is is not slack concerning his promise. He will keep his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. So what happened? There's really no record that they actually kept the year of Jubilee. Now, there there was a lot of references to it. 
It, we, we read about in, in, in Ezekiel. But as far as I can see, it, 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 uh, maybe it was kept in the land of, uh, uh, kept in the land when they came in. But when, when it, when it comes to, uh, uh, the, the king, uh, in, when, when the king started after they came into the land under Joshua, there may have been a time there that they kept it. I'm not sure. There's not much reference. But we know, according to the prediction in Leviticus 26, that if they didn't keep it, what would happen? And, and, and it's told out in the other prophets that for 70 years, 70 years, the land just, everybody was expelled, exiled out of the land. And guess what? Jerusalem and all the surrounding land, it just stayed fallow. No action, no movement. Oh, people re- ignored the word of God. Nothing, nothing doing. Nothing's going to happen. Well, let's, this is the word of God. It's eternal. We must uh, uh, heed the word of God. So whether or not it was uh, literally kept or not, we know that the prophets called it to their attention. Is it even celebrated in our modern day? According to Wikipedia and Google, no. According to the Jewish websites, no. Not presently. Ha! Ah, but we're going to see that it goes far beyond just the literal. We're going to see that in just a few minutes. Now, one of the one of the valuable lessons in Jubilee is stewardship. The land belongs to the Lord, and I am as a as as one under the Lord. I am to manage it for Him. It, yes, He gave it to to a, a tribe, to a family, but they were to manage it, and they could lose it if they come. They came on hard times, but uh, through it all, I recognize in verse uh, number. Uh, 23, the land shall not be sold forever. The land is mine. You are strangers and sojourners with me. So one of the valuable lessons that we have there is stewardship, managing something that is not their own. And also there's a proper treatment of one another. You can see that, you know, the Jubilee had a kind of a leveling effect on the economy. It's not like that today. It's far from it, right? We oppress one another and we, 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 we put debt on one another and so forth and so on. That wasn't like that then, right? They, there was this aspect of watching out for one another. Uh, the possessions were held for the giver and they were enjoyed together. In other words, when they had a possession, they recognized that the transcendent Lord came down. He would dwell with them. He would be their companion. He would walk with them through this, this, the, the, the life that they, they were living. Again, what a practical relation we have was, we're, we're in our Christian lives where the Lord comes down. He gives us things, but he wants us to manage them. You know, we call it real estate, right? We have real estate uh, moguls and uh, whatever they're called, right? You know, that they manage all of this real estate. You know, is it really theirs or not? Right? Real estate. It's really all is, is belonging. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Security boxes, safety deposit boxes, all of these things. I have securities in this world. Well, do you really? Well, we're told to manage them for the Lord. What do I have that I have not received? All things are from the Lord. And of thy own have we given you, says David in another passage. So, you see these things are, are, are vitally uh, important. Let's look. Let's go on to our next. This is what I wanted to get to here. and We'll, we'll close it out, I think, with this one. Go to the next um, slide. There is a literal application of the year of Jubilee. God expected it to be carried out. Was it? Well, it's referred to. Does that matter? Well, 
Well, it does matter. It does matter. God gave the word. He expected it to be carried out. Again, I'm born into a slave family. What hope did I have? I don't have Uncle Sam to, to, to claim bankruptcy and, 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 and walk away scot-free from something that I had indebted myself to. No, I didn't have that. So I had the, the literal application of Jubilee is my father made bad decisions. Oh, no, I'm born into this slave family and, and I have to serve this one that's not my, you know, not my, my family. And what am I going to do? Well, all I've ever known could be, because it's only every 50 years, all I've ever known was servitude, right? And I, he may have made mistakes that affect me, right? And even I've made mistakes, but I could look forward. No matter how low I got, I could look forward to being redeemed, bought out of the trouble that I was in, right? I could, I could look forward if I didn't have a rich uncle or a kinsman redeemer, a mighty man of wealth. Well, then I could look forward to the year of Jubilee, right? And, 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 but all along I recognize that I still belong to the Lord. But what a wonderful transformation, right? That I could, uh, look forward to. And then that's literally. But what about spiritually? We already looked at Luke chapter four. <clears throat> we already looked at Luke chapter four. And the Lord Jesus comes into the world. And he announces that here is the acceptable year of the Lord. And it applies to every single person in the world. How is that? Well, the Bible says that I and you, all of us were born into Adam's family. Talk about a father that made a mistake. Right? By one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for all of sin. Here was Adam, you see, the viceroy of God's creation. He had all these things in paradise, but he gave it all up because of sin, right? Here he was in paradise in the Garden of Eden, and it ends up. In chapter number three, he's cast out of paradise. And now all of us are in that condition, born in this slavery of sin. We're under debt to a living God. And we need, uh, we need, we need help. We can't undo it. What, what has happened? Right? You see? So, so we, we recognize that we can all relate to this in some way or another. And Jesus becomes the Jubilee. Right? It's a wonderful thing. Adam, Ruined it, but the last Adam, right? That's why the Lord Jesus is called the last Adam in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He bought back all that had been lost by Adam's fall. That's where the prophet says, I restored that which I did not take away. So when the, when the last Adam came into our world, you see, Jesus is our jubilee, the last Adam. I rejoice because I see that what we I once had in Adam, right? And it was all lost. And now I'm born into Adam's family. And I'm, I'm under this oppression, this bondage, these vices of sin. Well, bless God, I have something greater than a year. I have a person in Jesus Christ the Lord, right? The last Adam. He has... By his death, he has put it all away, right? All that bondage. He, he nailed it. The, 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 all that was against me, the laws of God against me, the writing of decrees, he took it out of the way and he nailed it to his cross. He, he restored that which he did not take away. 
<laughs> Isn't it wonderful that we, we can, you know, you can sit in your life and you can say, why did Adam, why do I have to suffer because of what Adam did? Blah, blah, blah. Well, praise the Lord that the Lord offers the last Adam to, to redeem us out. I don't have to spend my life in, in, in poking my finger in blame, just like they did in the garden, right? Right? They, they passed the buck. What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? And they said, well, the woman you gave me, she did it. Right? Oh, the serpent you gave me. He, he, he caused it all. Right? And the serpent, Lord looks at the serpent. He said, whoa, he didn't have a leg to stand on because there was nowhere to go. Right? He had to go onto his belly, you see. Now, but not only is there a spiritual application... We thank the Lord that there's a millennial application. I want to explain that a bit before we move on. This will be, I think, one of our last points. What in the world does that mean? The Bible speaks of a literal 1,000 years referred to by many as the millennium, right? Uh, In fact, what are they, isn't, don't we use that term today? We call certain People that were born in a certain time, millennials. Why is that? I don't know. But anyway, right? If you're born in a certain time frame, you're called a millennial. Well, what we're speaking of here is a a, a literal 1,000-year reign where the Lord Jesus comes to this earth. He shall reign on this earth. The throne that God hath given on him, the throne of his father David, and he shall reign forever and ever. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So how is there a, a, a millennial application to this wonderful thing? A wonderful principle here of Jubilee. Well, remember, under Jubilee, it was a theocracy. God was ruling. They didn't have a... Remember, we looked at the... the, the uh, last week, we looked at a, a divine economy and a democratic economy. Democratic in the sense that the people rule. Well, it's not like that. It wasn't like that then, and it won't be like that when, in the millennium. There will be this divine rule because the king of kings and lord of lords will sit on David's throne and he will reign and rule on the earth. No more President Trump and Gorbachev and all these other guys that are that are ruling the world now. Right. Or or then. Right. We have the king of kings and lord of lords that will rule and wonder of wonders. If you know the savior, we will reign with him. But that's what the millennium is, that we were brought into a glorious liberty. Right. Right. uh, a divine domain, a rest. Here's what Jesus, uh, we read, my people will dwell in, pe-, in, talking about the millennium, my people will dwell in peaceful habitations, secure, dwelling in quiet resting places. Can you imagine? <laughs> the lion will lay down with the lamb, the desert shall blossom as the rose, and, and a, a man shall die at a hundred years old. All of these things are, are, are wonderful references to the millennium. Well, it has, the, the, the year of Jubilee has an application because it's a, it's a, it's a Sabbath to come, a rest to come. That a part of the program of that there remains a rest for the people of God. That's the eternal rest, yes, but there's an application in, uh, the year of Jubilee. There's a future fulfillment. The trumpet will sound it, right? The trumpet will sound. We're looking, listening today for a trumpet to sound. First Thessalonians chapter four. When the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ will arise first. The trumpet will sound. Uh, the dead in Christ arise. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So there's an aspect that we're listening for that jubilee trumpet today. And we're going to be, we talked about release this morning. Released. 
from this world, but the Bible says we'll be able to come back and reign with the Lord. There's another trumpet in Revelation that will sound. The last, it's called the seventh trumpet. In Revelation chapter 11, it says, The kingdoms of the world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. He will reign. We sometimes sing, Jesus will reign wherever the sun does its successive journeys run. There is going to come this time when this benevolent sovereign, everyone will see it. Everyone. Nowadays, he reigns in the hearts of you and me as believers. But there's coming a time when he will reign supreme and every individual will have will be made to see it. He will, a, a man, a, a king will reign in righteousness. There's many descriptions that are that are brought on in the word of God. And what a comfort to know. One more point before we summarize. What a comfort it is to know that in regard to the nation of Israel, that so fought after country today, right? Middle East turmoil. You can't go a day without reading Hearing of the turmoil in the Middle East and in the, in, in, in the land of Israel. But what a comfort to know that God will have the last word in relation to Israel. After all their unbelief and unfaithfulness and rebellion, he will in sovereign mercy cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound and they will return to their possession. <laughs> you know, it's, it's mine. It's mine. No, it belongs to them. The Lord gave it to them and it will Come about. So, in summary, I just want to say this. In the year of Jubilee, God is imparting his values throughout this whole chapter by showing mercy to the poor. That's another reason that you can see that it probably was not kept because the Lord said, the poor you have always. You see, you would not have had poor, poor people if, if, if if the principles in Jubilee would have been kept. But what, what happened? Isaiah chapter 5, Nehemiah, and so forth. They were, had to call the people to, to, to back to these principles because they weren't practicing them. They were, they were enslaving their brothers and sisters. They were charging them undue interest. But God was in, 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 in the year of Jubilee. He's showing his mercy to the poor. He's discouraging an overemphasis on materialism and the accumulation of possessions. We don't do that in our, our, our society, do we? No. We, we, we have the, the, capitalistic system that wants to uh, amass all of these fortunes and I want to be I want to be landlord right I want to be it everybody has to look to me then we have preserving family unity we can see that throughout the whole of the chapter because he wants to he would buy them back and they would be able to come and dwell back with their family he's encouraging trust in the lord regarding provision we need that right to trust in the lord when i had nothing i couldn't work for anything right i couldn't reap I couldn't sow. I had to look to the Lord for the provision that it was encouraging trust in the Lord and reminding the people that they were temporary. Travelers, strangers, just going through the land here. The land was his, uh, reminding them uh, of that, that it was his land and reminding the people that God had freed them from slavery in the Jubilee. And now they were his servants. In Isaiah 61, when Messiah pronounced the acceptable year of the Lord, he said to proclaim liberty to the captives. Later, it says, in their land, this is is in Isaiah, in their land they shall possess double 
and everlasting joy shall be theirs. That's where really what we can close on because the last point we had in the year of Jubilee in the overview was the joy that we find in Christ. That, I tell you, is not a quality that is possessed by the vast majority of people. You know why? Just like in the chapter, the troubles, the bad decisions, the, the so forth, that they, they come upon us. But the truth, one of the truths of this chapter is that we can find in Jesus our jubilee, everlasting joy, the peace that passes understanding. Don't ask me or ask a Christian to explain it, but hard times will come, situations will come when I am out of my routine and I can't do what I once did and I find in Him You see, my joy, the everlasting joy that he promised to them could be applied to you and me as we enter into this wonderful relationship. By the way, I want to just say this as we last thing. Jesus is our jubilee as a as a as a an unbeliever. I'm in the world. I'm under the bondage of sin. I find in Jesus. My freedom to deliver me from sin, but also. As a child of God, remember all of those things apply to me, the repentance and so forth. But I find that I don't need to return again to the bondage that I was once in. We talked about that this morning a little in Romans chapter 6. I don't need. Galatians says, don't return again to that bondage. Sometimes as Christians, we place ourselves under these strict legalistic rituals that we were never called upon. To do. They were only to point us to the Savior. Thank the Lord for the joy, the freedom, the rest that we have in Jesus, our Jubilee. Our Father, we're thankful <clears throat> for these lessons that you teach us in the year of Jubilee. It's something that we probably would have read right over in our Bible readings, but we thank you that the Lord Jesus himself spoke of it prophetically in Isaiah 61 and personally in Luke chapter 4, and we can see how it applies all through the age, ages, on into that millennial reign and beyond when we have, we, have, we read in the New Testament, there remains a rest for the people of God. We thank you for that eternal rest that will one day enter when we go to be with our Savior and love and serve him forever. But in the meanwhile, as we find ourselves here in the grind, as we sometimes say, help us to put these values into effect and walk with you, Lord. Enjoy the the rest and the release, the return uh, to where we once were, in in uh before uh before adam what was lost we have something greater in christ we thank you for the everlasting joy that we can have in him we just pray you'll bless these few thoughts and the words to our hearts and we apply them in the days to come in jesus name amen